0: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, over the past four days, you have seen state's prosecutor attempt to effectively bamboozle you with a series of hearsay arguments and loose speculative evidence placing my client near the scene of the crime during the time of the murder. This evidence does nothing to indicate motive or means in the horrific murder of Roger Bell. Ultimately, it will be your decision to say, does this man deserve a lifetime in a federal penitentiary based on specious, inconclusive evidence? You are tasked to consider the evidence and whether it proves beyond a reasonable doubt whether my client is guilty. Is my client a perfect man? No. I killed him, yeah. <laughs> I know tomorrow 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 Welcome to episode 53 of the I know tomorrow podcast As always I am your host Matt If you haven't listened to any of the prior episodes please go back and do so on SoundCloud Apple Podcasts or Spotify download and subscribe if you would please uh, feel free to email me at iknowpod at yahoo.com with any questions, comments, or feedback that you might have, or you can hit me up on Instagram at I know tomorrow pod. Uh, got a lot to get to this week and we're already running running late, um, which I'll explain in a second. So without further ado, let's get into it. As- Starting off this week as always with As If You Care, where I run through some topics and or personal experiences from the past week as if you actually give a fuck. So to explain a little bit of the delay here, um, I'm actually recording on a Monday. I'm off from work today, so it just worked out for me that way. And this past weekend um, was also my anniversary of my marriage. And... The day that I legally told my wife that she cannot leave me without the proper paperwork. Um, But more importantly, the new Spider-Man movie came out and I was hot in the pants to see it. And I'm not going to give out any spoilers or anything like that, but I will just say for those of you who have not seen it, it lives up to every expectation you could possibly have had for this movie. And... All last week, aside from <laughs> continuing to lose my shit at work, which I don't know, maybe we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But I did go back and rewatch the old Spider-Man movies, starting with the Tobey Maguire trilogy. And I think it's safe to say that I'm not the only person who wasn't the biggest fan of that trilogy. But before I getting uh, before I get into shitting on that, uh, I will just take a second to say that I did enjoy the Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone movies. Uh, Not as much as the current Spider-Man movies, but they weren't bad. That being said, let's take a second to reflect on the Tobey Maguire trilogy. Now, not only did I realize upon watching them again, just how not up to the current par they were, but just how much they progressively got worse from movie to movie. So, And I, I've been told James Franco is canceled these days, but, uh, you know, I didn't know that. I don't really keep up with what he's doing, but I would argue that he should have been canceled back then because I honestly don't know if he even cared that he was on camera while filming these movies. Not to say that I expect any sort of greatness from him as an actor, but at least show me that you care about how you look in these movies. Because for me, it was like I was watching Pineapple Express, except I'm not supposed to think that he's high. And maybe that wouldn't have been so bad, but then you put him against a guy like William Defoe, which for me is sort of like putting a pile of shit next to a cupcake if I'm hungry. I'll take the cupcake, but I'll pass on the pile of shit. Then... (laughs) We get to Aunt May, which I think she was older in the comics, but did she have to be played by a woman who is at least 900 years old? She looked like a teacher at Hogwarts more than someone's dia. Does she know spells? I'm not sure, but her name is Aunt May, not Grandma May. I mean, whose aunt is that friggin' old? Then we get to Uncle Ben. And Uncle Ben looked like, even if a bullet didn't take him out, gout or dementia, or both, were probably right around the corner. I mean, why does he even still have a driver's license at this point? Somebody get this guy an Uber. Forget fighting off criminals, Uncle Ben. I just need you to remember which pills to take at what time and to come downstairs with pants when you have company. Because I don't want to do Christmas like that again. I only want to see mistletoe that hangs and then we get to Eddie Brock of course played by Topher Grace yes the same guy that you couldn't believe was banging hot Donna is the same guy that's pretty much beating the crap out of spider-man's ass as venom talk about a glow-up and then they tried to doll him up a little bit I guess to make you forget that he's not only Eric Foreman in his TV life but Topher Grace in real life. Which didn't help because his hair looked like something you would either see uh, from a member of a 90s boy band, even though it was released in 2002, or something that you would see from at least a few attendees of a Sarah McLaughlin concert. Either way. And then, last but not least, we have our main man, Toby Maguire. Now... If it wasn't bad enough that, from a physical standpoint, it just really didn't make sense that this guy was Spider-Man, I want to go back to a scene in the third movie where Peter is no longer with MJ and has really begun to let Venom influence his behavior and personality. So he's walking down the street, and I'm sure there was some, like, cool music in the background, and he's attempting to do what I guess he perceived was some sort of cool strut. And he's doing finger guns at random women. Which, let me confirm for anyone who may not have known this already, but finger guns have never been, nor will they ever be something that is perceived as cool. No cool person has ever done that. Miles Davis has never done Finger guns. And not only that, but any women that you're doing finger guns at is not I don't think they're ever gonna sit there and say to themselves, man, I don't know what it is about that guy, but I really wanna mount him. And in fact, I'm sure they're gonna probably be instantly terrified because if you thought that it was okay to point a finger gun. You're probably about one negative comment on social media or cold shoulder away from pointing a real gun and not only her, but I'm sure a lot of other people. Because yeah, sorry, old Finger Guns is definitely not a guy with a lot of friends. And if Finger Guns weren't bad enough, shortly after that, we find our hero, Peter Parker, taking a young lady to a jazz club, which... I don't think is normally the go-to move for a couple of young kids in their 20s on a first date, at least at, at least in you know the last 30 to 40 years. But whatever, I'll, I'll play along up to the point where he feels compelled to upstage his ex by not only jumping on stage and playing the piano when she's supposed to be singing a song, but then he breaks into a one-man show that not only is it like please. <laughs> Please, somebody, for the love of God, stop this. But instead of being one of those moments where you have to break out some towels to sop up the newly added moisture, not only is every vagina in the house as dry as this fucking performance, but now any penis that may have been invested is most definitely in hybridation. Much like I would think 90% of the people who tuned in to watch this movie currently are. I mean, seriously. Who wrote this shit? Who casted these people for these roles? All of it is bad. Rip it up, throw it away, and let it die with the rest of the garbage that's in that can. Cause, and, and you know what, I always find it amazing when I watch something that's so obviously bad that there was a room full of people, a think tank, if you will, that at one point all put their brilliant minds together to come up with this bullshit. And then, not only did a room full of paid professionals come up with this bullshit, but yet another room of even higher paid professionals heard every minute of this shitty proposal and said, yes, let's do it. And not only poured a crazy amount of time and a crazy amount of money into it, but they were probably really excited to do it. So, if you're a content creator out there, much like myself, who may be a little down on yourself and or your creative process, just know that even shitty ideas can get money put behind them. So, instead of maybe trying to come up with one brilliant idea, just proceed with all your shitty ones. And who knows, maybe you too can convince a room full of people with money To put money into your shitty idea. As I said before, uh, I'm recording this podcast on Monday, December 20th, um, and hopefully it will be uploaded today as well. But to shed a little more light into the delay since I normally upload on Thursday nights, not only was this past weekend my anniversary weekend, but I also took off this past Friday in order to put together my son's room. And what I mean by that is we ended up getting him a new bed, which I think I mentioned before. And because we got him a new big boy bed, we needed to change up his entire room, which uh, meant cleaning out his closet, moving around his furniture, changing his curtains. And then, you know, after all of that stuff was done, there was a shit ton of cleanup that I had to do. In retrospect, it's not something that I should have tried to cram All into one day. But because I did, it brought me to a point of a harsh realization. That being, as you get older, and this could come at a younger age for some uh, more so than others, but the older you get, you realize that you need a break from pretty much doing anything that you do, whether it's something hard, like building taking down or moving furniture or just putting on some clothes in the morning everything now requires a resting period everything is that much more painful and that much more exhausting because right now my back is good it's fine but let me tell you friday night my lower back felt like what I would imagine Tyron Woodley's face felt like after he took that punch from Jake Paul on Saturday night which if you didn't see it wow that was pretty brutal and since we as men are such pussies for pain in my brain there was only two things that could possibly be more painful than what I was feeling at that point And those two, of course, are excluding childbirth because I couldn't possibly understand what that is or what that would feel like. But for me, only a stubbed toe or a deep paper cut could be worse than this lower back pain. And anybody who's ever stubbed a toe knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Shit, if you haven't stubbed your toe, kudos to you that you somehow went through life without having that traumatic experience happen to you. It took me damn near two days to get over this shit. So there was no way that I was recording on Friday. And because you know it was sexy time on Saturday, no kids in the house, I wasn't exactly all up for recording that night either. Well, recording a podcast anyway. Sunday, however, I probably could have recorded, but ended up just being lazy. But don't worry, I for my laziness. I got woke up out of a brief couch nap uh, by my son, who somehow found a way to headbutt me with the back of his head. Which, you know, anyone who has a child around the age of four or five years old, you you know how pretty resilient kids at that age are to where like they can get shot and somehow walk it off and be fine. But for me, not only is that not the way you want to wake up from a nap, but... One minute, I'm in dreamland, and the next minute, I'm in a pop-up medical tent trying to get an examination, like some quarterback who just got hit by a 300-pound lineman. But instead, I got hit by like a 40, I guess 50-pound four-year-old. In the end, though, mission accomplished, uh, because it seemed like he liked it, even though his first words upon seeing it were, What happened? Which, Normally what happened is a pretty negative response that would probably have sent this 36-year-old emotionally unstable man into an ocean of tears. Because, you know, I did my fucking best. But in this case, because it was accompanied with a smile, instead of a bevy of tears, I shed maybe one or two of happiness. Or at least I think it was happiness because I was still in a pretty decent amount of pain at that point. And let me also add that I don't think that this kid has slept any better than he has the last few days. Because I come in, you know, to check on him at night before I go to sleep. Because, you know, we as parents love to do that thing where we just stalk our kids and look at them all the time to make sure, you know, that the worst thing possible hasn't happened. And not only is he all sprawled out across his bed, but he's even making sleep faces that I would think a grown man sleep face would look like. He looks like he just had a full day of nine to five, putting up with his live-in partner, and worrying about the possibility that he might not take a healthy shit the next day. Which, if you're unaware, are just some of the things that would not only cause a grown man to worry, but also be completely exhausted to the point that you're sleeping with your mouth wide open. And of course the mouth being wide open because either your brain needs that much more oxygen, or it's still in a complete state of shock. Since this week is the last week of Christmas, um, I, I wanted to be festive, and I'll be getting into some of my personal favorites for this time of the year a little later, but first... I came across this story, which, in one way, shape, or form, includes one of, if not my favorite villain of all time. And since I'm such a a pain in the ass for headlines, I'll start there. But I'm sure you can probably tell why this one in particular caught my eye. And the headline reads, Woman invites Grinch to Christmas party, is shocked when Grinch goes Grinch and destroys her home. Which, right off the bat, is way, way too long of a headline. I'm no J. Jonah Jameson. I'm no advertising guru. But if you have to take more than one breath to read a friggin' headline, it's too long. Or if you have to read a headline and insert a finger, quote-unquote, to a word that you're reading, rip that headline up, throw it away, and let it die in the can with the rest of the garbage. Which, now that I said it that way, I'm realizing it's probably how I should have said it the first time, but whatever. Uh, Aside from the shitty headline, though, I I could not wait to read just what the hell happened here. You had me at Woman Invites Grinch to a Christmas party. Had it just ended there, I'm clicking on it. I'm in. But, (laughs) according to the Daily Mail, one mother named Laura McGill... Quote, "thought to be from Northern Ireland," end quote, which pretty weird to add there. Paid about 145 Canadian dollars for a Grinch impersonator to visit her home as a festive treat. Now, at this point I don't know whether that's for this is for a Christmas party or maybe just to scare the shit out of her kids, but either way I'm on board and I think she's fucking awesome for this idea. The article then goes on to say, however, the transaction came with a misunderstanding. McGill said that she thought the Grinch would, quote, mess up her kids' beds, have a pillow fight, and maybe twirl her Christmas tree with toilet paper. Now, I'm sure that most of you, if not all of you listening to this right now, have seen one variation or or another of the Grinch, and it's because of this that... I would hope that you, like I was when I initially read this, are now sitting there in a state of complete confusion. Because when did he ever do any of those things in the movie? You can't hire the Grinch and expect him to do what you want to do. If anything, the Grinch has always shown to be a leader, not a At all a follower. Plus, what type of parent hires some creep to come into their home and have a pillow fight with their kids? Now, I would assume this is a male Grinch impersonator. And if you wanted a grown man to come into your kids' bedrooms, mess up their beds, and have a big pillow fight with them, just call your state representative. I'm sure they're going to be more than happy to fit that into their schedule. And guess what? It probably won't cost you a dime. Anywho, let's move on. And let me just add, these upcoming words belong to the article. They're not my own. Quote, In the photos that went viral last week, the hardwood floor in McGill's living room looks like a crime scene involving a psychotic pastry chef. In another shot, dryly captioned, Her son, Allegedly pictured after the experience, a small boy stands in a Rue-style onesie that is smeared with green liquid. His little arms are held away from his body like a scarecrow. His face is soaked with red, the color of blood. Then, quote, every single bit of party... Sorry. Every single bit of party food, expensive cupcakes, threw all over the place. Tree decorations broke. Fairy liquid poured on my kitchen floor. Eggs smashed and a full (laughs) bottle of juice poured over my floor and my son. (laughs) At the end of the post, she put, I've never been so disgusted in my life. (laughs) And to that, I must say, I don't know that I've ever laughed as hard as I have from reading a news article in my life. But instead of continuing to laugh (laughs) at this poor kid, because I'll do that later on again, I'm sure. How is his mother not currently under investigation for this? (laughs) Like, how is what the impersonator was going to be doing upon entering her private residence not hashed out in a phone call that precedes that person from coming into your home. Smashing expensive cupcakes? That's what you're worried about? She's lucky she and her son weren't both murdered because obviously there was no due diligence that was done here. There was no background check. There was no prep work that seemed to be involved. Where did she even find someone impersonating the Grinch on Craigslist? Did this Grinch go to the bathroom with a little black bag upon entering the house only to be there for 20 minutes while repeatedly shouting just a second even though he wasn't asked first? So many questions that I hope don't go unanswered. But one thing that I can say for sure is that even in 2021, the Grinch is still out there, definitely out there, Attempting to steal people's Christmases. Wait. (laughs) What did you say? We've come to the second segment of the podcast titled, Wait, What? Where I go in depth on a topic or two that has caught my interest in particular over the past week. Uh, This week, I'm going to do something a little different because since it's Christmas, I wanted to run down some of my personal favorites along with some of my rules and guidelines for not only this holiday season, but for any going forward. Um, first, the first acceptable day to put up Christmas decorations or to listen to Christmas music should be the Friday after Thanksgiving. Because in my brain, the only other acceptable scenario to do it sooner would be if you're having family over for Thanksgiving and you you know want to be a little festive, or if you also think that by having people over for Thanksgiving, that you're gonna to be too tired from hosting to put it up either later that night or the next day. Next, I don't think you should leave your decorations up past Three Kings. And if you don't know what that is or when that is, just Google it and don't worry, you'll be better for it. But leaving your decorations up past that time frame. Or doing what I've heard some people do where they change their Christmas tree into like a Valentine's Day tree or a St. Patrick's Day tree. It's, it's not only lazy, it's also not creative. Do not do that. Next, speaking of tree, while, while I used to be a staunch member of the real tree-only society, these days I'm now firmly planted on the other side of that argument. Because while I love the smell and the feel of a real tree, I also don't like having to get a new tree every single year and then also having to deal with pine needles every time I sweep up my floor for six to seven months after that. Because for a person with undiagnosed OCD, it's not exactly happy time for me. Give me the fake one and I'll take the five minutes that it takes to set it up once you get it out of the box. Done and done. Okay. Now, now that we are off of the do's and don'ts, for anyone who's still arguing this next point, let's just make it official. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas time, at an office party, on Christmas Eve. So regardless of any of the other factors, that alone is enough to make it a Christmas movie. Let's just all accept it so we can move on. Best Christmas movie, to me, by far, It's a Wonderful Life. And I personally like the black and white version just because I feel like it's not the same movie when it's in color. If you haven't seen this movie for God knows whatever reason, go ahead and watch it because George Bailey is a delight. And for someone who's such a great guy, there's so much more to him that is hardly ever pointed out. First... Any man who would tell another man right after taking his girl, oh, why don't you stop annoying people, is a savage, and I love it. Then we get to the end of the movie, which has the greater message, but that's not what I'm trying to point out right now. So after George has already had more than enough to drink at the bar and gets punched in the face, he then crashes his car into a tree. So, after getting into a drunk accident, he leaves his car there to go jump into the icy waters. However, then as soon as his clothes are dry from, you know, saving Clarence, quote-unquote, his initial thought is to not go back to his wife and kids or even to figure out, I don't know, how the fuck you should get your car home. Instead, his initial thought is, let's go back to the bar and continue drinking. Does this guy know how to party or what? Huh? 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 Jokes aside, though, it's a great movie that, for me, shows that even the greatest and kindest of people can get to a deep, dark place in their lives, especially at a time of year like Christmas when emotions tend to be um, at their highest. So for that, I say be aware of your mental health and be aware when you may need to let some shit out because even the smart ones always need a dumbass Clarence every once in a while. Next, my favorite Christmas song is The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Followed closely by This Christmas, but there's something about The Christmas Song that, I don't know, warms me up like a cup of hot cocoa. And yeah, I know, that sounded pretty fucking stupid, but I don't care. I stand by what I said. This is grown man shit. Plus, you should have probably guessed where I was going with my favorite song once I said that I wanted to watch that movie in black and white. But before I get off of Christmas, I think we really need to revisit this Rudolph story. I know we all like to think of it as a, you know, a beautiful children's tale that talks about redemption and using our differences as our strength or I don't know, whatever type of Bullshit story you're trying to weave here. But why is it that everyone, including fat, jolly old Saint Nick, immediately wrote this reindeer off just because his nose was different? All it did was have a different color and glowed. It didn't make him any less strong, and it didn't fuck up his ability to fly. That's it. Then, if if we're going into the old claymation Rudolph, why is it that the adult male reindeers sounded like 1920s gangsters. I don't think there was many uh, bootleggers or bootlegging going on in the North Pole at all, but I don't know, I guess I could be wrong. Then, here comes the nasty storm that as soon as it happens, everyone just somehow becomes immediately more woke, and Rudolph is just supposed to be the bigger person here and pull Santa's sleigh. The same guy who was putting him down for having a red glowing nose. I personally want to reimagine the story in where Rudolph not only doesn't end up pulling this sleigh on Christmas Eve, but makes them all eat shit while they're sitting there feeling bad about the situation. Like, they're just sitting there, sad, looking out the window, watching the snow fall, thinking about how they can't bring gifts to all the good little boys and girls. And then here's Rudolph coming in their ear after just drinking his fourth cup of eggnog and he's just oh man i wish we had someone with some way to get through this horrible storm oh wait we do it's me (laughs) wow wouldn't it be great if all you guys weren't such dickheads to me that i actually wanted to help you (laughs) oh man (laughs) who wants to play with one of these misfit toys it's friggin hilarious Okay, we have arrived at last call where I leave you with some parting words before sending you off to hopefully enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, Since, as I mentioned before, this uh, can also be a tough time of year for people who either may not have money to get the people they love, the gifts that they wanted, or maybe missing a loved one for the first time, or even a person missing a person again who passed um, some time ago, I wanted to end this episode with something that you can count on every time at Christmas to put a smile on your face. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen comedy Cupid and Donner and Blissin But do you recall The most famous reindeer of all Come on! Rudolph the red Reindeer, out of every shiny nose, boom oh, And if you ever saw him and, Rudolph, any games. and while I'm not going to play the entire song even though it honestly doesn't go on much longer than that, but for him to do that out of nowhere, off the top of his head, while providing his own beat and ad-libs, has to be one of the greatest moments in human history. It's like if you watched Freddie Mercury and Queen create Bohemian Rhapsody right in front of your face, and it only took a minute and a half. I'm seriously just glad someone had a camera to capture this moment, especially since he's no longer with us to do it live again. And what's weird is is I thought that I had made it a point to mention this last year around Christmas time, but. I went back through some of the older episodes and I couldn't find it. Maybe, you know, one of you guys can. So for me, it made all the more sense to make sure that I included it this year. Um, That being said, have a good week. Finish it up at work. And I don't know, Christmas this shit up as much as your little heart desires. And since this is the season for bearded men giving gifts, I'll leave you on this note of wisdom which is with power comes great responsibility so if you have the means give without expecting to receive anything in return these days everyone you know wants to be the boss but sometimes being the boss means you don't eat until everyone else eats first spread love not hate and remember Closed mouths don't get fed. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. And this past weekend um, was also the day that I legally told my wife that she cannot leave me without the proper paperwork. I'll take the cupcake. But I'll pass on the pile of shit. Even if a bullet didn't take him out, gout or dementia, or both, were probably right around the corner. I don't know what it is about that guy, but I really want to mount him. If you wanted a grown man to come into your kids' bedrooms, mess up their beds, and have a big pillow fight with them, just call your state representative. I'm sure they're going to be more than happy to fit that into their schedule. Wouldn't it be great if all you guys weren't such dickheads to me that I actually wanted to help you? Bye.